Well, no, no. Like I, I do actually the opposite. Like, well, when I go into something, like I think it obviously, and then I take the decision. And then when uh, I realized that probably was a mistake, I tried to go back and try to figure out what was the, the reason, see if I could fix it. And sometimes I shouldn't do that. If something doesn't work, we should stop and, uh, for example, get rid of, of the machine and then, uh, yeah, keep, keep working in what, uh, what works, works for us better. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I always like trying new things and, and that's why I usually, I'm like, I go all in and I'm like you, I don't like, like borrowing money or like, like, I don't like for example, leasing things. Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Steven Peterson. I wanted to take a second and talk about Gay Lisby and Gary Ray's Amazon Seller Tribe and their daily lists that are put out. Um, and incredible stories that you can read if you go out and check out uh, amazingfreedom.com forward slash momentum hyphen arbitrage. I know that's a lot to put in there. Amazingfreedom.com forward slash momentum dash arbitron. And you're going to get... 14-day free trial. No money risk, no no challenges. You don't want it. When you're done, you get out. But imagine getting a list, um, as Greg Fellows like to call it, mailbox money. I love that term, mailbox money. It's where you can work from your house, buy things online, have them delivered to you, and then sell them on uh, various marketplaces. But imagine you can have somebody else do that for you. So you want to buy time, you want to control uh, what they're buying. Well, you take these lists and you can join multiple lists if you're interested. And then you can segregate them for the merchandise you want and send them to them. They can make purchases for you on your behalf, have it delivered to you or delivered to them for prep. Boom, sent into these marketplaces and you could sell. How about that? Wouldn't that be awesome? I spoke at their conference, and there were so many million-dollar sellers just using online arbitrage. It's still available. And again, 14 days. The only way you're going to get 14-day free trials if you come through my link. Um, it is an affiliate link. Um, they do pay me, so I don't want to mislead you in any way. Um, I would appreciate it, but I'd like to see you try the 14 days. I've had so many people that have joined, have so much success. It's very exciting to me and you know, quite humbling to me. Um, that they trust me to recommend this group, and I 100% recommend this group. I've seen the results. These are great people that will also teach you to fish. This isn't just a, hey, here's the list, you're on your own. No, this is, hey, here's why that wasn't a good deal, or here, hey, there's another opportunity. And you get to join their groups, and it's just a phenomenal group of people, um, just great, great uh, leaders in that group, and these lists are phenomenal. So again, it's amazingfreedom.com forward slash momentum hyphen arbitrage. Amazingfreedom.com forward slash momentum hyphen arbitrage. Use that. Get two weeks free. Try it. You don't like it? Drop out. But give it a shot if you want to add that to your business. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 399, Javier San Juan. Awesome, awesome story. Uh, personalization. Um, let's see. Printing, laser engraving, uh, embroidery. Uh, you know, putting names on pens, you don't think about that, or printing custom notepads with your name on them, or vinyl banner signs, or you name it, everything that's custom done. Somebody does that work, and Javier San Juan has figured out how to do it at scale. And again, it's all process 
and software, right? Really figuring that out. And it's such a great story. Uh, such a cool guy. Let's get into the podcast. All right. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. We're excited about today's guest from across the pond, right? Way across the pond, Madrid, Spain, Javier San Juan. Welcome, Javier. Hi, how's it going? It's going well. It's going well. How's it going in your neck of the woods? Yeah, no bad. Like just uh, doing a bit of work and and yeah, it's it's a bit hot. Like right now, like in summer, it gets uh, quite hot. But today is actually not that that bad. There is a few clouds, so it's easier to do some work. It's it's funny. We we had a conversation yesterday because we're both in the personalization side of Amazon's business. And we were talking about, we were comparing temperatures in the warehouse. I don't have air conditioning in our warehouse. I have it in the offices. So magically, I happen to be working in the offices as much as I can this week. How about for you? Uh, we actually don't have any air conditioning, either in the office or uh, like the warehouse. We uh, just run with fans, but uh, we have the warehouse is like a bit under the ground and the office as well. So it keeps a bit cooler. Oh, nice. Like half of it is like covered by dirt. So it doesn't get as hot as when it's like four walls out of in the uh, in the air. So yeah, it's uh, it's not that, that that hot in here. All right, and let's let's go up front so people understand. You sell on which platforms currently? Uh, I sell in Amazon US and in uh, in the uh, in Europe, like in Amazon as well in Europe, in UK, France, Germany, Spain, Italy. And, um, and well, we sell a little bit of on eBay and we have our own sites like for this other, like, um, the, like the personalization type of thing that we do promotional items. We have our own e-commerce site. It's not a little site. I've been to it. Um, and what's cool is I can convert, I can translate it from Spanish to, uh, um, English and there you it's not a little site. You've got a lot of SKUs that you carry on that site, correct? Well, yeah, there, there is quite a few. Like, not all of them we have them in our own warehouse. Like, some of them we uh, we have a, a supplier that is uh, very close to us, and we can get it in within a day. But, yeah, it's, like, over probably over, like, counting colors and all that, it could be, like, easily over 5,000 SKUs. And you have plans to get to 10,000 SKUs, correct? Yeah, uh, probably very soon. Like we're changing the site to be able so uh, so customers have it much more easy to do this so all the personalization. And uh, when that is is working, it will be easier for us to like process the orders. And probably we'll let a few more suppliers that we have not get on the site. When when um, do you also supply um, retailers or local? in Madrid uh, companies, uh, customers who are asking for stuff too, not just... Yeah, so, so, yeah. sometimes like small shops, like for example, like uh, gift shops that they um, they have, I don't know, like items with the name of the town or the name of uh, an area that people go and visits and does do tourism and all that. We, we actually supply to some of those. And because we do a lot of wedding stuff, a lot of like wedding planners that they're actually businesses, they will they will purchase to us like most of the stuff that we do is like not like it's different the Amazon side than the personalization side because the that's more like kind of like either like a B two B or or a bulk like a wholesale order like we wouldn't sell like one item it will be more like hundred or like fifty so usually most of it will be stores or small companies that need stuff for their events and things like that. 
Now, we only do uh, laser engraving, and we have sublimation printers. You, can you walk through some of the equipment that you have and the type of personalization that you do? Well, we do a bit of everything. Like we do um, a screen printing. We do pack printing. We do, um, I don't know how it's called in English, but like thermal printing. We do uh, like uh, normal like vinyls and all that in some uh, like uh, uh, garments. We do, what else do we do? We have a laser. We have two lasers. One of them is it's um, is for metal and things like that. And the other one for like... Um, like wood and all, uh, other materials. What else we do? We um, we do. We have like a like a sticker printing machine, uh, like a, like vinyls and all that. And then we do um, we do have a machine coming in that is like a UV printing for like uh, printing like multicolor on almost any flat surface. And I don't know if I forgot any. No, yeah. I uh, yeah. I don't. I think everybody's gonna be like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> and then you also outsource. Um, your uh so you'll do um oh geez we were just talking about it before the call you you'll actually do embroidery but you outsource that yes we so, we actually personalize almost in any like okay we have a client we have a, a corporate client that calls us and says like oh we need uh like this and this and this for an event and we need some like i don't know like polos with a with a logo embroidered and we don't have it we um we we would like outsource that or for example if we get like Islam, you know, like we're only three people doing all this. <laughs> so sometimes we get like, it comes like the busy period and we will be very busy. So sometimes we need to like outsource some of some of the um, big orders that we don't want to do. So like, it's not like we don't want to do, but it will like get us slowed down in a few areas. But, um, but yeah, like things like embroidering that takes too long and, um, and we don't have like the, the, the machine because uh, we don't think it's, is worth it for us, so we will outsource it to somewhere else. But many other types of printing, sometimes we have outsourced as well. For example, we don't like print on paper, and we will go to like a local printer to get stuff done for that, like like tags, name tags, and things like that for like line yards that we do for a lot of events. We will outsource like the name tags and all those things. Well, and I think it's critical as people heard that all those different machines now they do outsource with three people. Okay, so that. That's mind-blowing because the volume you guys are doing, and you're doing huge volumes. And here's the key, software, correct? I mean, process and software. If you didn't have process and software figured out, could you handle half the volume you have now? Yeah, no, 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 not possible. Not like, possible. It's very important. Yeah, impossible. It will, be, uh, it will be hard. That's one of the key things. Like, I really, like, I'm a geeky person. I like doing many things, and that's why I ended up having a lot of machines because I like to do the things myself and see how things work and ended up doing that. But it's like the same uh, uh, with software. Like I'm a, I'm a geek in there. I'm a developer. And sometimes like these little like um, programs that will like just help you to uh, well actually help the customer, for example, to uh, make sure that they do the whole order or the whole like when they do the design uh, of the product, what you will get at the end is something that you don't need to contact them and ask them twice about what it is, it's like that uh, changes the amount of work that you can do because obviously you waste less less time like talking with them and emails back and forth and that usually is a bit messy. 
So there, there's the there's the end of the conversation right there. And so I want to now go back into it and start developing how you came to this. Um, because it, it's funny, we had this conversation about embroidery, for example. We got to ask for a, a client, a potential client, who wants to come into our warehouse and asked if we would take on the embroidery thing. It's an enormous, it turns out to be an enormous amount of work plus a quarter of a million dollar investment for me. And it's just too much for us. We just don't, it scares us that business. You have the same fear just because there's, it's it's finicky, so so you have worked on processes. You evaluate machines. You evaluate time and equipment, and then decide whether you want to go in that business or you can go in that business, just not be the one doing every step of it. I think that is the reason that you've been so successful. Well, yeah, that's uh, like sometimes it didn't work out. Like of there course. is, um, yeah, sometimes at the beginning you are like, oh. I think this is going to be a great thing to do and you uh, think it twice and then you do it and you're like, well, I wasted a lot of time, but we learned something on the way. So sometimes I always look back and I'm like, okay, wasn't the best investment or wasn't the best thing to do? But uh, well, I know I'm, I'm not getting close to that like later on or later I will take other decisions because I learned, I learned from, from those mistakes. But, um, but yeah, like, I don't know. How it's, long do you um, give a mistake? How, how long is that process? Because I agree with you. I think, I think you still learn something, right? That was tuition, right? And if you didn't, it's like a next machine I buy. Rather than buying the next one, I'm probably going to lease it. And I don't borrow money, so I'm going to be really careful on my lease terms to make sure that at the end, you know, so I know how much my outlay is. Because I'm afraid, you know, to drop another 30 grand for another machine and then to sit back and not utilize the capacity of it, whereas I can take on a payment a month for 18 months or 24 months, depending on what the term is. And then my, if I take it on for 18 months at 600 bucks, you know, it's $10,000 investment as opposed to a $33,000 investment. When Are you making those same type of decisions now as opposed to in the beginning? Or were you that wild card that just says, I'm all in and I'm going to do it? I'm actually a person that I usually go all in all the time, <laughs> and um, yeah, I don't know, I don't know why. Like I sometimes, as I said, I shouldn't, I should not, but um, but um, yeah, I I usually actually when something goes wrong, I might take too long to uh, to um, to cut back on it, but because I always feel like oh, like if I thought at some point it will be a it will be a good idea, what's going on? What what's what are my mistakes on the way? But um, oh wait, but so you I, think it through? So you're like okay, I want to do this idea. And then you look along and you anticipate the mistakes. Is that what you're, you're like the, the pinch points? Is that what you're saying? Well, no, no. Like I, I do actually the opposite. Like, well, <laughs> when I go into something, like I think it obviously, and then I take the decision. And then when uh, I realize that probably was a mistake, I try to go back and try to figure out what was the, the reason, see if I could fix it. And sometimes I shouldn't do that. If something doesn't work, we should stop and, uh, for example, get rid of, of the machine and then, uh, yeah, keep keep working in what uh, what works works for us better. But um, but yeah, I don't know. I always like trying new things, and and that's why I usually I'm like I go all in, and I'm like you. I don't like like borrowing money or like like I don't like for example leasing things, and um, because I feel like I don't know like I I, I will need to have to like I have a, a liability with me. Like I need to pay something to someone for a while. And I feel like that uh, scares me. It's rent. So yeah, it's expensive. Yeah, that's it. Lease, yeah, leasing so sometimes is expensive. I go into a mistake. Yeah, yeah definitely. Hmm. And I will go on, on to a, like a mistake and we'll, yeah, we'll be like, okay, well, what's a mistake? 
I'm gladly like some things work and some some others don't. But yeah, I don't mind like doing things and making mistakes. Probably like should should think more through certain <laughs> things. But oh well, that's how it goes. <laughs> no, I understand. You know, here's a couple lessons that I've learned. So like we buy shelving from stores, retail stores that are closing, right? So if you think about it, name a store that's closed. I don't care who it is. Let's go back to Toys R Us. In their back yeah, room, they have great either pallet racking, but they also have store shelving, really good quality store shelving that they paid a fortune for that you can buy pennies on the dollar. That stuff will outlive all of us. I mean, that stuff will last forever. So I probably, I think we have about 15 or 20 stores worth that we've bought from all these different stores that have closed. That's a good buy. Where I've made mistakes, and it's and I'm still dumb about it, is like buying used pallet jacks and things like that. Those things take a beating, and when they're beat, they're beat. They're not that expensive. You know, it's like $400 for a new pallet jack, and yet I'm using one that I paid $75, and I was proud that I paid 75 bucks. But the thing was worth 75 bucks because it's beat to crap. And so I've learned my lesson over time that there's certain things that you should buy new. There's certain things you can buy used. Now, when you're looking at your machinery, do you have a distinction between, I mean, like, are, did you buy all your machines brand new? No, we actually were... For example, this uh, machine that we bought for printing uh, vinyl and doing stickers and things like that, we bought it like secondhand. And um, that was, for example, one of these bad decisions. Because uh, <laughs> like what you said, like sometimes you feel like you're getting a great deal. And we bought the machine and holy crap, the, the uh, printing heads were like um, all like stuffed. As in like they, uh, they wouldn't uh, let all the ink pass through. And we felt like, man, we thought we got a great deal. And just when we bought that machine, we didn't know that there was a new machine coming out of the same brand. And they, they dropped the price on the same one that we bought. And we pretty much like just bought it like maybe 60% of the new price. And I was thinking like, man, I should bought it like, like definitely I should bought it new because it was like much better decision. We didn't need to change the print heads and all that. But um, yeah, there is other machines we bought like secondhand and uh, we... Uh, we didn't have a problem. You don't have a problem. So, like, we've been talking about laser engravers because we have a laser engraver, too. We've been talking about so- software. And, you know, I'm looking I'm – I'm going to a trade show um, next week, as a matter of fact, looking at new machines. And your advice to me is like, Steve, master the one that you have as opposed to looking at the new one because the software really hasn't improved that much. I think your term was archaic <laughs> is the way you described yeah, it, right? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, So it's not – it's not necessarily giant improvements on that end, which is what you would expect, but they're not. And so it's really, uh, I mean, this machine will last, like you say, forever. I mean, these things last forever. Um, and so I'm glad I bought ours used, um, especially to learn on. Um, how about, is there, is there stuff, uh, do you look at it, is it more mechanical that you, it's safer to buy used than it is more digital? Because I'm, I'm like printers, for example, Printers, the technology is changing so quickly. You want to stay up on the current because, like you said, you got to change the head, you got to change the whatever the main components are. They they die after so many images, right? Um, do you have a distinction there that you use? Well, when when like the um, when the machine that we buy is like something industrial, yeah. Like the first thing that I look, even if we buy it secondhand, I look to find out if there is like a, a wood, uh, like a, I don't know how it's called in English, like a mechanic. For the machine, like oh, there's a, okay. like, a custom, like um, yeah, how, yeah, a technician, a technician. Yeah, right. that's it. If there is a technician, and if there is a technician, 
like available, I usually would ask them what's the yearly like maintenance they they do mm-hmm. and kind of like before prior like buying the machine and find out if the main components that will like break or will uh, deteriorate, they can be changed. For example, in the laser, I think we talked yesterday about the laser tube, like that you can if that becomes like old and then you have less power, you could you could get a new one. So I, I before getting the machine, for example, I will find out. Okay, is it possible to find this laser tube? Because why this person is getting rid of the machine? Because there is like very like um, uh, <laughs> people that comes up with when you ask them like why they are selling it, they are very like creative. Mm-hmm. Some people. And yeah, like, I'm busy oh, now. Yeah. I want to travel the world. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> I'm busy, but this is the greatest thing that you could do. Just buy it and start printing things with this, and you'll be like. If he's the greatest thing, when he's selling it, so mm. kind of like I try to find out a little bit, and if uh, the main pieces can be changed, and makes it um, like it, it will be worth it uh, to change it, then I will be like, okay, I will get it because as I told you yesterday, like I prefer, okay, if I buy a new one and doesn't work out, like it, like or I don't learn how it works and all that, it will be like a really bad like investment. So usually, actually, some of the machines that we got, we got first the second hand one. And then, or like a, a cheap version of, of the same type of machine. And once we kind of like see how it works and, and get the hang of it, we we buy a new one, like a decent, like a, like a better one. But there is things like the, the laser or that they, like like if it works, doesn't really matter. Like like I wouldn't change it. I would be only changing like the um, the, the mirrors and, and the lens if it gets scratched or like the tube. Like that would be pretty much it. Right, and a tube's uh, less than a thousand bucks. The mirrors, they're not much. What I like about it, it is such a simple machine. There's really not a lot of components to it, so they are pretty easy. And for, as we were talking about yesterday, for us, when we get our second machine, this one becomes then a production machine designed for your number one product. You leave it set up all the time, right? And then you can, you can, you get to cheat that way, right? Is that fair? Yep, that's correct. You know, um, I think I think it's time we go back. And talk about how you got how you found this because there's a whole bunch of people are going to be listening like wow this is the best thing in the world let me just tell you production work is not easy um, it is not easy it takes a special special kind of employee it takes a special kind of mind to be able to think through these processes because when a customer needs it or when you get an order you have to turn it around and you got to be really cautious on it so where does that come from what what did you study in school that got you thinking that Hey, I'd like to head this way and, and be this technical. <laughs> that's a that's a hard thing to explain. Okay, I I I'm actually like as I said before, a geek person, and I I I was going to study something related with computers, but ended up studying like uh, hospitality management. I went five <laughs> years to Australia to study this because I actually like doing things for people and making people happy. So I felt like that's going to be my thing. So after that, I finished studying in Australia and all that. I came back to Spain, and um, and I, I I actually like doing pretty much anything. So my mom got fired for, from her job, and she decided she wanted to do something. So I said, like, okay, like, what are you thinking of? And she said, oh, because I already have a few clients. I, I'm thinking to sell them, like, promotional items. So she started doing this with no nothing. Like, uh, like everything was, like, so subcontracted. She, like so, she, yeah, she would, out, she would go on and become a distributor for somebody else making pens, and she would That's sell it. it. She had the gift of gab for sales? I mean, is that her thing? Yeah, she, she was a sales, uh, she, she's a sales uh, person. 
So she, she used to work for a sales company renting cars. And because she already had like the connections with many companies, she, she thought it would be a good idea to sell something else. And, mm -hmm. uh, and well, she started that. And when I got back from Australia, it was the, uh, not the best time here in Spain. There were like, uh, people was getting fired. There was like the crisis going on. Anyway, I thought like, oh, I will help my, my mom, right? And I'm like, I actually went to pick up um, an order to like, a, I think it was a path printer or something like that. And I saw the machine and I'm like, oh man, this is cool because I like machines, I like like technical things. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. And then when I got back, I started looking into it and I said like, hey, I think we're doing it all wrong. Like I, I, re I, like, I started looking at the numbers and I saw how much uh, the, the, the printers were making and how much the pens were. And then, I don't know, I started helping in there, got a website done because as I said, like, I was like a computer guy. So I got into all the IT of the company. And after that, I thought one day I'm like, okay, we're going to start like bringing some of the products ourselves instead of like getting it from other people, the ones that they were selling well, get them uh, directly from China. So I just pick up, uh, like I started looking on the internet, pick up a flight, went there, start buying like uh, different products. I think the first thing we bought, they were like full container, full of, it was mugs, pens, and notepads. Mm. And um, and then when I was in China, I, I started seeing all these like pad printing machines that, as you said before, something in, in here like, well, actually will be different like in Europe than in the US, but a pad printer could cost like easily like 10, 15 grand. And I thought like, well, I need to make many pens to make up that money. But when I was in China, it could be like 1,500, so <laughs> like a tenth. And I'm like, I don't know if it works or not. Like, I'm just getting it, and I will find out how this works. <laughs> so so <laughs> let's stop there a second, because that's important, yeah. right? You recognized, I mean, so the barrier to entry was what, like I was saying, a, a new engraver machine, the, the, the fiber one's 30 grand, plus, 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 right there, million add-ons. So that's the barrier to entry. You then, you go with that mindset thinking, okay, there's no way we can do this. You go to China and find out that it's, in that same example, three grand. And you're like, yeah, that's it. Whoa, whoa! Is that when you decided that rather than just being a salesman, that you could be the manufacturer? I mean, is that what went through your mind? Yeah, that's correct. Because I, I, I thought like, okay, I will, uh, I will do something because uh, things were not going very well in Spain. So I said like, okay, I will do something so we can uh, create like a few, uh, a few extra jobs and make more because we're not gonna be subcontracting all this like printing work and. Um, and then I started with uh, with yeah getting a few got a few machines from China and for example at the beginning that was not the greatest decision <laughs> because <laughs> the training right you, yeah that's correct <laughs> you see a you see a person like when when I saw this guy printing the pens actually I think yeah they, they were printing pens and uh, and the guy was printing pens on the machine and I thought like how easy is this he just putting the pens in there and every time that pad goes down he's making like twenty five cents and I thought like and that doesn't stop. This is the greatest idea. And um, it's easy, and right? Well, it's simple. He yeah, makes he makes it look so super, simple. <laughs> that's it. Super easy. So we got the machine. Got the machine shipped here after like a month and a bit. Comes in the boat and all that with all the other things that we bought. And take out the machine from the <laughs> from the box. I remember I hook up everything, the compressor and all that. We turn it on, and this bloody thing. What what the machine had like a display on Chinese telling us something. It was an error. Oh, and no. I was like. Oh no, this is not good. <laughs> this is not as easy as it looks. And then we started like we got some inks as well, and we didn't know much about it. But because this is more like a, it's kind of like a trade. Like people that does this, um, when uh, when you call them and tell them like, well, for example, a supplier of ink, you tell them how much ink, and uh, and and um, 
and like the, the other component, I don't know how it's called in English, but these are two component ink. How much you put of bits or how much solvent you put, how, how runny you want the ink. And they're like, oh, you will fill it. And it's like, well, you will fill it if you've been doing this for like 10 years, but like, I don't feel it. Like it's my first time I'm mixing these things. So it was like a lot of trial and error. And what you just said before, when you get an order, you need to get it like out of the door as quick as possible so the customer is happy. And uh, I don't know what it was the first, like it was, a, we had a client, it was a big client. And we decided that was the first order we were doing. And it was a very bad decision because <laughs> something that should take us like three hours, it didn't work. And we tried again, it didn't work. And I was very stubborn saying like, we're getting this to work. Like this is, this is not something that is not going to work. And it actually didn't end up very perfect. And, um, and the client wasn't happy and we lost that client. And after that, I said like, okay, I need to make, like what I told you before, like something went wrong. I need to find out how to fix all this. So, well, it's not all myself because actually it's myself and, and my girlfriend Maria that she, uh, she's helping me all the time to do everything. And we worked together in there for a week till we got the machine to work. And, um, and we uh, started like getting all these inks and all that. And that was kind of like the start of it. And, and we started liking the machines and getting yeah, more machines in. So, well, so that's that, how Can we break started. down that process? Because I think that's really important. So the persistence, the ability to push past it, because a lot of people would have given up on that hobby. I mean, they would have sat back and say, you know what? This business is hard. And, and it is, correct? I mean, those challenges every single person runs into, but most people don't push past it. You did. Can you walk us through the approach you would take to solve that problem? I mean, how do you, you know, you got a new machine in, it's written in Chinese, so it's not like it's easy, or my experience, and this isn't meant to denigrate anybody, but my experience is when there are instructions, they're just not very clear. They didn't translate well to my language, which is uh, uh, English. Uh, maybe, I don't know if they translate better to Spanish, but um, can you walk us through how you would approach that? Well, these, these days, like, I think it's easy because you go to Google and then you start <laughs> looking for videos of people doing the same thing. And until you start, like, actually, when we started this, there were not many videos of, like, pad printers or, like, uh, screen printers online. But uh, you will start looking into it or, like, like how we got this to, to fix is, like, we thought, okay, it's the ink. It's this Chinese ink that is not working. And we said, like, we're buying local ink. So at least we had someone to ask, like, hey, we got the ink, we have the machine, how we can get this to work? And, um, and it, like, it took a long time. And it's like what you said, like persistency. We could be like there, like up to the middle of the night or even sometimes more, mixing more ink and trying again to print and that didn't work. But it's all about like, I don't know, because you want it, you want it to work. And it's just like a challenge. So you're like, okay, if someone is doing it, why cannot do it? And just keep going until it works. So break down the process. Right. Just keep breaking it down. Keep breaking it down. Um, and then That's reaching it. out. I like what you said about getting someone local where you can get one of those technicians in to help figure that out. I think that's really powerful. Um, how is it working with your daughter? Um, I mean, it's father daughter. I mean, so I'm I'm sure you. No, no, it's, no. My is my girlfriend. Is my. Girlfriend. Oh, your girlfriend. Okay. Oh, it's that makes like it even more challenging. Yeah, we're not married, but it's like we're married. Okay. Like it will be the same. Okay, that makes it even more challenging. That means you're taking the business home with you. Oh yes, like actually, <laughs> I, when I told you before, like we're underground. Okay, my house has two levels, and on the bottom we have like a big garage that we use part of that of, of our warehouse. We have a new office on one side. And we have another workshop on the other side. So kind of like it's all in here. And before that, we used to use my parents' house 
like pretty much the whole house was every room was like a warehouse <laughs> and uh, well actually they still have some things in there they're like okay when you're taking all these things out he's like <laughs> well don't worry <laughs> like like we're, we're like slowly we're taking all 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 out from there but uh, but yeah we 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 take it home and we work like till we get things to work we could like stay till like long hours in the day but well gladly these days we get uh, all all is working we don't need to fix many issues so so that's that's a positive and a negative right i'm sure there's a negative sometimes that you can't get away from it um, but the positive is you don't have a long commute right you can you know, can get the job done now as you're looking forward um, because you're talking about going you know 10 times your 10xing your business in SKUs, right and and adding a whole bunch more now i'm with you that Printing is printing, right? Uh, an embroidery machine as opposed to a laser machine as opposed to a vinyl cutter as opposed to a whatever other kind of printer, a, a sublimation printer or whatever. They're basically the same concept, right? I mean, it's, you know, create a file, output it to the next thing, right? And there's some nuances there. When when you're looking at scaling up in volume, though, how do you approach that? Because I think for me in our business, that's probably the place I get intimidated most. Like like that embroidery opportunity. It was a great opportunity. The guy's a great guy and I love him. However, it scares me to death to have that obligation because once you once you commit, you're committed, right? How do you approach that? Well, I think um yeah, sometimes like before I was scared to like a scaling for for example, like yeah, the same the amount of excuse and the amount of different things that we do. But as long as the processes there are simple enough for someone else to do it, like then I'm not worried because we can always get someone to come in and, and print it like we can have an extra employee to do it. Because like I think mo- most of these, as I said before, most of these things are like a trade, like hmm. mixing the ink and making sure the consistency is fine and things like that, that gets hard. But these days, because everything is digital, like, uh, well, most of the things could be digital. Like, we are getting this new machine for printing, like, in anything digital. We're taking, like, getting away from, for example, path, path printing. And once it's digital, like, all you need is a person that knows this is a pen and needs to go into this hole and this, like, um, tray must go inside the machine in this spot. And once all that is configured, it's only a matter of someone, like, moving it from one side to another or taking it from a box, putting it into the machine, click play because everything is ready for him and that's pretty much it okay so, so you're going to let technology solve those problems before you move forward yes well like now like this we get this new machine in a month and that will be um like uh that will be to take out for example like the pad printing because if not it's hard to get like that's uh, at least in my area will be hard to get someone that knows how that works mm. so we will need to be there mixing the ink or getting the machine ready for them. But with these other things, there is, uh, for example, with laser, we can we can do it because there is just like a click-play thing yep. uh, type of machine. But um, but anything that has ink related is a bit uh, harder because uh, they they need to handle that. And actually, they could be like a messy person. I don't know. Like, it's, it's harder to find someone that knows how to do that. But uh, with uh, digital machines, not. And that will be a way that, I wouldn't mind getting more SKUs in because it's going to be all digital. Once we do it once ourselves, 
another person can replicate it many times. And, and and that machine sits empty. It's not making any money. It's funny. I'm going to see a printer next week, which I where they literally print on fabric, not like sublimation where we print and then we transfer all that kind of jazz. It literally prints on fabric. I'm like, how is that possible today? But they literally put the shirt in the machine, prints, and it comes out done. And I'm like, this is crazy that this stuff exists. It is. Like, we, we actually don't have one of those because we don't do, like, we do shirts, but because usually they are the same logos and all that, we uh, it, it takes shorter to do either, like, a screen printing or, like, um, a screen, uh, like, a transfer printing we do sometimes because it's more, like, um, knitted, like the print. Mm -hmm. But, um, but the, uh, yeah, these other machines are great for, like, doing, uh, we talked yesterday about having, like, many SKUs just with a few items in your warehouse. You can multiply your catalog by like whatever, like unlimited. Yeah, let's talk about that because I think this is another place that you really set yourself apart is you have figured out, you know, your advice to me, which, you know, you were helping me was basically like, look, Steve, you've got, I forget how many SKUs we figured out with that particular line of products. Um, and I have so many in stock and I can get them within a day. And so therefore... I can keep expanding as long as I can keep stuff coming in within a day because as long as it comes in that next day, I can process it that same day or the day after and I stay within terms for Seller Fulfilled Prime or off your own website or whatever it is. You have really worked hard to develop that. So when you're looking at a product line, I mean, is that when you're talking to companies, is that the, the approach you take? Well, like in that case like we are lucky because here in spain getting like a 24-hour like shipment is super easy because uh spain is kind of like the size probably smaller than texas so so it's it's easy even if your like supplier is like the other side of the country like it will get within a day to you at a very fair price so but yeah like sometimes like one of the things that uh, i will ask is like that they have a warehouse in spain and as long as they have a warehouse close to me their products if they are good for printing with the machines that I have, yeah, they, they will be good for it. I'm waiting actually, like, I don't do self-fulfilled prime yet because I'm waiting for it to be available in Spain. But as soon as it's available, that's one of the things that we want to do. Instead of more like the bulk, um, like corporate gifts and, and all, all like um, for, for small shops and all that, that they buy bulk items, we want to go into the uh, single items for like, like, uh, like doing the self-fulfilled prime. Uh, program, but it's not yet available in Spain. I, I think it's in UK and probably in Spain will be very soon. Yeah, I don't think people understand that. So let, let's talk about that because as you say, the corporate gifts, that's B2B, right? That's where people are ordering, you know, your bank is ordering uh, 100 pens, 200 pens, 300 pens, and they there's a company that's just putting their name on the, bank, on the pen and then sending it to them. What you're looking for is the one where somebody can go on Amazon and order one pen, and that one pen gets printed with that name on it and sent to them. And most people are going to sit back and say, well, that's not profitable. Um, can you walk us through the logistics of that uh, to, to determine profitability? Well, like the, the way that I... Um, and this is the worst example. A pen is the worst example. So I yeah, think it's a good one to use because it's like the, the lowest possible selling price of anything. Yeah, so, so, so a pen, for example, like my cost, like... A very decent pen because there is pens from like ten cents. Right. But like, let's say a pen that costs like a dollar fifty or something like that. Someone that is not buying in wholesale probably could pay on a store like about four bucks. But on Amazon, they will buy it for like about 
six or seven. And and if it's personalized with a simple thing like a name or like, a, I don't know, what whatever the, the person wants, and it's uh, possible to do because of the size of it, it's quite a small. But um, but it will be uh, probably will sell for like $10. And, um, and if you can have that prime, uh, like, it will like it sells quite well if it's not prime already. So if you have a prime, probably will sell even better. So the way that this would happen is if you have your machine and your warehouse, you don't need to have like a stock for long, like a long period because your supplier will ship you 24 hours to your warehouse. But you have I don't know like a week worth of like a stock that is not much. And um, and the uh, well the main thing here, okay, it will not be profitable if it's not automated. So if someone goes into Amazon and orders a thing. I needs to send you a message saying, hey, I want you to print John in the pen. And then you need to write back saying, okay, you want John. What's the, uh, let, the letter type that you want? And the guy said something. Then you send it back and you're like, okay, it will look like this. And the person will be like, it's okay. Well, you already lost a lot of money there because <laughs> you've been like, like writing back and forth a long time. But as long as everything is like automated. So when you get the order, you know that the person was John written in whatever type of letter and the guy sees what it looks like once um, they are paying for it they know what they're going to get and then you know what you need to do like there is no questions asked so you only need to pick up one of those pens you have in the warehouse and engrave it with a laser that might take like okay the, the laser will take 10 seconds well by the time that you go to the warehouse put it in the machine and um and print it might be like a minute or two, and if you have an and that includes that, setup. That includes setup because what you're talking automation. This is what blew my mind yesterday. When you're talking automation, you're talking full automation, not some designer sitting there and saying, "Okay, I got this thing from Javier. I got to make this J look incredible." The, no, you're talking that it goes right from Amazon right to a print file, in essence. Correct. That's correct. Yes. That's there's the art right there. So there's nobody in between. Hmm. That's it. How do you how did you figure that out? I mean, that I mean, it sounds so simple when you say it. It'd be like, oh yeah, of course, duh. But that's not easy, right? That's a barrier for most people and most companies because most things, if you order personalized, there is. You got to say, hey, order this and then send a note with what you want on it. That's usually the way it works. Like I've ordered some gifts for people, and then you have to send that message. That means that somebody's receiving the message, somebody's reading the message, somebody's then inputting it into something else. There's the loss right there, right? That's where the money's. How did you figure out how to get rid of those steps? Well, they, this was like a lesson learned from like the website that we do all these uh, corporate items. Like we didn't have it very much automatized and we thought like, well, that's where we're wasting most of our time. So that's what we need to uh, improve on. And then this was like a mix of things because I, um, when we started selling on Amazon, I never knew about this FBA thing. So we, we tried it and, I thought like, holy crap, this works well. And uh, and it was kind of like a mix of ideas between what we do and this FBA thing and the new website that we created that gets all these files like ready to print. And then I thought like, well, if we get all this together, this, this is going to be a great idea. That's, that's why I cannot wait for this self-fulfilling prime to, mm -hmm. to be in Spain because I hope that that will work well. Your person could be working on a hundred different jobs a day, every single one of them different. But for them, as you say, it's basically put this pen in this slot, insert this into the machine, wait till it's done, pull it out, put it in a box, put this label on it, and it's gone. That's their role, that, right? That's correct. 
Amazing. Okay. And I think people get that when you hear that, but that's not easy. That's why Javier San Juan is ready to scale 10x to the 10,000 SKU plus. <laughs> that's fascinating. Okay. So because you're a nerd, you also somehow got hooked up with Alex Moss. How did you get involved with tactical arbitrage? Well, I like one of the things like I do, I, I love doing uh, software and all that, but I was doing this thing in Spain of uh, all this uh, printing. Then I started uh, looking into doing some arbitrage and I ended up finding uh, tactical arbitrage. And I uh, like I ended up talking with Alex while I was uh, using it. I uh, I saw that I was um, needing to get these, uh, yeah, these other tools and all that. And um and anyway, I started talking with Alex. Oh, I, I remember how it was the beginning. The, I think uh, TA was closed for new members. And because Alex is in Australia, I lived in Australia, I pulled the card of like, I'm going to message this person that seems like a cool person. I'm going to tell him I lived in there, talked with him for a while. And then um, even that he was closed, he actually let me um, use um, TA. And uh, I don't know, that's, that's actually how I got into Amazon FBA. And... And yes, since then everything changed. You, uh, we met a couple of years ago, and you were already doing this. I mean, so this isn't new for you. You've really, uh, you've really, you built a company. It's called Tactical Bucket, and people are going to be like, "Wait, what's Tactical Bucket?" So Tactical Bucket is a company, uh, some software that rides along with your tactical arbitrage. So if you use tactical arbitrage. Um, uh, from Alex Moss and his group. Um, it allows you to scrape sites and all these different things, all these established sites. But one of the things that's cool about it is if you're pretty tech savvy, you can do a thing called the next path, right? Where you can create something that will take and go to somebody else's website and scrape it. However, it gets technical and complicated, right? And there are people that can do it, but there are most people like Steve can't do it, right? That's where it, there's a limit. And so you, you created some software um, which allows somebody like me to within a couple clicks add a whole company and again it's my exclusive company right so if i find a company and it's called uh oh the xyz envelope company that i want to go and look at to see what's profitable using tactical arbitrage it doesn't exist so i using tactical bucket can create that through tactical bucket create my own XPath, for lack of a better term, and then bring that in, and only I can see that data, correct? Yeah, that's correct. So, so, so you will be this, able to scan whatever like XYZ envelope company sells and, and see if it's profitable in Amazon. So because one of the biggest complaints that you hear about like a technical arbitrage or one of those is, hey, everybody's scanning uh, Home Depot or Walmart or whatever. Everybody is. Well, yeah, because they, they offer those companies. So when you can find your own company that you can exclusively do... That's the art, right? That's when it becomes super, super valuable because you're the only one scraping it. You're the one that's developing this, and then boom, you can you can develop it in. And so, tactical bucket allows that, um, and it's it's pretty cool. Um, we do have a special at the end. We'll talk about it. When 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 you were using this, when you started using this, what did it do for you? I mean, did you find a site that nobody else was touching, and boom, it was like magic? Well, I was when I started like using TA, the learning curve is is big. Yeah. But uh, being like tech savvy, like I started doing things and I thought like, oh, I should do this. And I needed some more data or, or the data in another way. So I started like creating my own like uh, little tools. And um, and the, the, the main thing that I used it for, it was like because I ended up learning like a lot of things about Amazon and different uh, sites. 
And then because I'm more like, as I said, I've been doing this uh, promotional uh, company like uh, products for, for a while. When I started in Amazon and I started doing OA, it was a very different thing. Many people was very successful. And I thought like, oh, buying from stores, selling on Amazon. Oh, that's, um, that's, that's a different thing. But when I started doing that, it becomes like uh, very time consuming uh, because you needed to be buying inventory all the time. And I thought like, then I started hearing these people talking about this wholesale thing. And I was like, what is this wholesale thing? And they said like, okay, buy from a company and saying, selling on Amazon. I said like, well, that's what I do in Spain. Okay. I personalize it. But like for me, I thought, I thought it was a very, um, like a, like a common sense thing to do. So I thought like, oh, can I do this uh, with TA? And actually TA allows you to upload these CSVs. So when I started uh, finding new uh, suppliers in the US, um, I found that some sites wouldn't allow me to, um, to uh, like they wouldn't give me a CSV or they like they will say, well, we have an online shop that you can get in with these, like with your username or with this password or whatever. And then in there you can see the products. And I said like, well, I need to create something so I'm, I can actually scan this site and do what I actually do in Spain and get some replenishables. And um, because if you buy from like a wholesaler, you know it's going to be there all the time. And if the price is profitable, well, you can always uh, buy it again. And uh, I don't know, I started making all these little tools. That's how I, en I ended up like using it in, uh, I don't know, creating, well, as soon as I need something, I needed something for, um, for, for myself, I created and added uh, hmm. tactical bucket. And that's how, I don't know, ended up being like a cool suite of little tools. You, you solved your problem, right? You, you ran it. into a problem because it's not like you could re, you know, take a chance. You're not having this stuff shipped to Spain for you to process for FBA. You're sending it to a prep center. And then, it, so there's right. another cost. Everything about this is a cost and there's a learning curve, right? And so yeah, what actually, you're before doing. Tactical, yeah, before Tactical Bucket, it was, I created these tools. I had them all together, like not very like uh, smoothly looking. And I met this um, this person, uh, Bob Steele. Oh, I love Bob Steele. I love Bob Steele. Oh, smart, <laughs> I, I smart. Yeah, very, super smart. And he saw it and he said like, so are you selling these? And he said like, no. And he was like, man, you should start like, mm. you should package all these and sell it. And I'm like, well, I don't know if people would like, they're kind of like my little tools that I don't know if they're like too small. And he said like, well, this is a great package of things that you're doing here. And that's how like, I started like tactical bucket. I said like, okay, I will, I will get it and all that. And, uh, and yeah, thanks to Bob. Because oh, of I that. hope you pay Bob a little bit of money. He deserves it. Cause he's such a good guy. I mean, one of the smartest guys. He really is. He was a purchaser and he's an old dude like me. Um, I might be a little bit older than him, but here's the key is he took what he knew, all those skills and he applied it to the Amazon business. And there's a reason he's crushing it. I have to have him back on because he is just crushing it. Such a wonderful guy too. All right. So tactical bucket, if you're interested in, again, you must have tactical arbitrage. Okay. And so tactical bucket, if you go to tacticalbucket.com and if you use the uh, code momentum, you're going to save uh, a little bit of money, but you're more importantly, you're going to get a wholesale X path. And, and so you're going to sit there and say, what is that? And that expath is the term that they use. But the wholesale expath is going to allow you to add on one of those wholesale accounts because you, you have to pay for each one of those. You have to create them. But he's going to give you the ability to get, uh, get your own. So, again, tacticalbucket.com. Use the code MOMENTUM to figure that out. Um, when, when you're looking forward now, so as you go forward from here, right, you've, you know, to me, the pattern is the process. You have figured out a way to fix processes 
and then you, um, or to break down processes, and then you find a way to automate that, and then you apply it to your business, and in this case, you were able to apply it and sell it to other people, but, but in your own business. What's next? I mean, do you see a limit to the capacity for what you have? Well, it's hard to say. Like, I'm, I usually like to do a bit of everything and be involved on in it, and that's mm-hmm. probably one of the things that makes me uh, like it's hard for me like to grow bigger but probably as soon as i get more people like once this uh, uh new self-fulfilled prime thing comes in spain i hope well first i hope to move many of this stuff out of uh like far away from not far away close from my house but far away from my like far enough so it's not like that close and i could get like many more employees in and hopefully it's something that is a scalable like as in, like, get more people in to print more. What happened? We get more orders and we cannot cope with it? Well, all we need probably is another machine and another person in, like another operator, putting the products in. So hopefully that, that would be, a, like, a next step, like, down the track. Not not very close now, but hopefully not very far neither. When, do you have a fear of others getting into this business and, and taking, you know, like, hey, you know, you're giving away all your secrets, Javier. You're giving all the trade secrets away. Are, do you have that fear? Well, because I'm doing it here in Spain, and I think people in here is not very, like, uh, they don't have this entrepreneurial spirit. They Most of the people just lays back and will be like, I don't have a job or I don't get a better job. So I don't care actually explaining to people because at the end of the day, you need to work. Like you need to work hard to 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 get somewhere. So if someone else is going to work hard and they do the same, well, I guess there is there is place for everybody. But most of the people wouldn't wouldn't work like through the things. So yeah, through the things. That's it, right problem. there. They're not going to push through them because the wall's going to come up, the barrier's going to be there, and then all of a sudden you have to push through, and they're going to be like, "Wait, this is too hard." Because it is hard, right? It's not it easy. Is. Not easy. Hmm. Love it. All right. So if somebody has a follow-up question for you, what's the best way to get you? Uh, probably with, uh, like, through email, like in uh, this uh, hello at t- tacticalpocket.com, and I will be able to answer anything. Okay. So Either that, that or, like, Facebook, they can message me. I'm happy to answer. Okay. So I'll put both there, your uh, Facebook contact, too. Um but hello at tacticalbucket.com, and that's the email. Um, and I'll put both links in there. And, uh, you know, I would I would encourage you to follow up. Or if you want to talk personalization, we have the same abilities. No, not at the capacity that Javier does. He has way bigger uh, way bigger capacity than Steve has, um, and that's not a problem. All right, so the goal of the podcast um, is to help people who get stuck. And you've been stuck a whole bunch of times. And every time you get a machine, you describe getting stuck. Right. Every time you try to look at, you know, I'm sure like tactical arbitrage, as you said, getting, you know, it's a little hard to learn. It's a learning curve. You get stuck. Why don't you one more time walk us through how you would approach that for others? What's your advice for others so they can get past that point of stuck? Well, when I when I get a stack, I think first thing is like, don't like uh, don't give up and keep trying and the way i think it is like well if someone else can do it why i cannot and just like keep following up till i till i get through it like okay sometimes are like sometimes like getting stuck is not fun but uh, at the end of the day it's a step you need to take to make sure that your business works and if other people is doing it well once you go through that step probably you won't get stuck again hopefully in that same step 
and you will be like done and dusted and move to the next thing. So I don't know. I just like keep pushing and thinking that it's it's possible. Well, like you said, if somebody else is doing it, 100% it's possible. That's a given, That's right? It. That's a given. And so break it down into small pieces. Oh, I love it. Dude, great story. I love what you're doing. I can't wait to hear when you hit 100,000 SKUs. I can't wait to see it. Thank you so much. I wish you nothing but success. Thank you, Stephen. It was great talking with you. Great guy, great inspiration, great help for me. Um, again, because we're in the same business, um, we we do more custom work now, um, plus wholesale. Um, so our private label has ended up becoming that, and it's worked really well for us. So pretty interesting um, listening to him, though, try to automate it. And boy, we could use that. So <laughs> trust me, after the call, we spend some more time talking about it because he's just a wealth of knowledge. Great guy. Reach out to him if you can help. And again, check out that tactical bucket. Use that code Momentum and get your wholesale XPath for free. Um, awesome, awesome uh, thing to do. Right, because if you're doing that and you find your own website, you know that nobody else is checking, you could really end up uh, doing some great work with it. So, uh, reach out to me if I can give you any help, any advice. Episode 400's coming. You know who that'll be. Thanks for listening to the e-commerce momentum podcast. All the links mentioned today can be found at ecommercemomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.